group experience is a new and refreshing way for you, your friends, or your family to travel. Check the show notes to learn more. What is up, students of travel? This is your host, Stevie G, and you are listening to DBE. No matter where you're listening, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other audio platform, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, and if you can, rate and review the show. Pop on over to the podcast's official website, dbetravel.com, where you can see a list of all the episodes and view some insightful travel blogs. You can keep up with the show on social media too. Make sure to check out Destinations Beyond Expectations on Facebook and Instagram. International visitors coming to the U.S. have a ton of options when it comes to what they want to see. Some choose to explore big, iconic cities like L.A. or New York. Some visit our beautiful national parks. Some enjoy time on the beach. Bottom line is there's tons of unique experiences and stories within our vast country for visitors to discover. My guest today is someone who loves discovering stories and finding unique experiences on his travels, Tom Bushel. Tom combined his background in sports journalism, a passion for travel, and some incredible video editing skills to create The Sports Explorer, a YouTube channel that tells the story of various destinations through sport and adventure. Tom is currently on a journey across the United States, but he was generous enough to take some time to chat about stops he's made around the U.S. so far, why he's telling stories through the lens of sport and adventure, and much more. Listeners, I can't recommend enough that you go check out his YouTube channel. It's The Sports Explorer, or simply scroll down to the show notes where I'll have it included. Make sure to subscribe to his channel and watch his videos. But let's get on to my talk with Tom Bushel so we can get the inside scoop on how and why Tom is discovering America through sport and adventure. Tom, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. It's so great having you on the show. Thank you so much, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be on the show. And uh, thank you for getting in touch as well to uh, to feature myself and, and the Sports Explorer uh, on, on the podcast. Looking forward to chatting to you. Awesome. And now you're here, Tom, in America, and you're exploring, but it doesn't sound like you're originally from the United States. Um, what made you want to come and visit the U.S.? And why have you decided to tell the story of America through sport and adventure, as you would say? What gives it away that I'm not from the United States? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the accent? I'm not sure. <laughs> Most people in America think I'm from Australia. Uh, everyone says to me, oh, are you from Australia? And I always have to say, no, I'm English. Um, but um, yeah, no, good question. Um, well, America, I've been to many times before for holidays and for some work trips. And I've always absolutely loved my time uh, in the United States, whether that be on the East Coast or the West Coast. And I had really only done the sort of East and West Coast. Uh, I'd never really ventured into middle America or the Midwest or anything like that. Um, and so for me, with telling the story more broadly of the world through sport and adventure, America in this sort of weird post, but not quite yet post pandemic world that we're in, um, presented itself as an amazing opportunity because A, uh, from where I'm based in Dubai, I could travel here quarantine free, um, being fully vaccinated. Um, so that was a great sort of, you know, way to get quickly into a country, but also uh, a great way to explore a whole country 
with so many things and so much culture and, and so, you know, spread out across such a great big region uh, without any travel restrictions once you're into the country. Uh, but also the fact that live sport was back, which uh, up until recently, I know the UK has just about got fans back into sport, um, but it, it's still quite a new thing that across the world. And of course, with the Sports Explorer diving into the great sporting event destinations have to offer, but also the great adventures, America just sort of ticked the boxes in terms of sporting events back with, fan, with fans. And then also it goes without saying the adventures you can do in this country are second to none. So for me, it just made absolute sense. And again, being based in Dubai, um, it's quite nice to get out of Dubai in the summers because it gets quite hot. Uh, so uh, America was the perfect scenario for what I was looking to do for this summer. Now, you mentioned the adventures that you can do in America are second to none. And that's because the country is so vast. There's so many different yeah. regions and things to explore. Um, on your current journey, where have you gotten to go in America? Well, um, so I, I intended um, and, and, and pretty much did this, but I, I wanted to obviously when I say I'm telling the story of America through sport and adventure on this particular journey, this particular series of content I'm doing over here in, in the United States. Obviously, with it being such a vast country, uh, I can only really scratch the surface. But I wanted to, there was a couple of reasons. Um, and this is this goes back to the fundamental values of the Sports Explorer for me. It's a way of telling the story of a destination through sport and adventure. So, you know, there's many, many travel shows and travel broadcasts and travel uh, you know, platforms that maybe dive into the food of a destination or the top 10 tourist hotspots to go to, et cetera, et cetera. Now, my background is is sports broadcasting uh, on radio, television, and print journalism as well. Um, and so my passion is is sport. I love sport, but also I, I love adventures. I love a good hike. I love going kayaking, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I thought with America... I would travel from East Coast to West Coast and stop off at various dif different def destinations and really get to know those destinations through its sporting heritage, sporting culture, uh, sporting history, uh, and then also the very best adventures um, that you can do in that destination as well. Because I think in terms of if you're a tourist coming into somewhere, I mean, New York City is a great where I am now, is a great example. I know many people, including myself in the past, you fly into JFK or whatever it may be, and you stay in Manhattan and you instantly think, right, well, let's, you know, let's do the Circle Line Ferry. Let's go to the top of the Empire State Building. All amazing things. But as a sports fan, you might go, actually, I'd love to go to the Yankees. But how do I do that? Where, where should I buy my tickets? What are the best tickets to buy? Where's the best place to sit? What are the cheapest tickets I can get? How do I get there? There's so many questions that may block your decision to deciding to actually go to that event. Um, I was at a New York Red Bulls game uh, just a couple of nights ago. It was cancelled, actually, due to uh, Hurricane Henri. But it's still the atmosphere before the game. And again, it was just getting across of, of saying to people, look, this is actually pretty easy. And here's your step-by-step -step guide to come to this event. And the other thing which was amazing about New York is the fact that the, the amount of hiking trails and adventures, day adventures, if you like, that are within an hour of Grand Central on the train. One thing I certainly never knew about uh, when I'd been visiting New York before, and so for me, it made absolutely sense to go, right, 
from Grand Central here, you get on this train, it will cost you this much. Within an hour, you get off at this stop and then look at all these hiking trails that you have available. You can do it in a day uh, whilst you're staying in Manhattan. And I just think they're the kind of stories that certainly I would be looking for if I hadn't done this, you know, uh, said about this journey of doing the Sports Explorer. And therefore, I think there's definitely an audience for it. Um, sports tourism is a huge market in the travel industry and adventure travel is hugely, vastly growing, certainly now post-pandemic on both counts, uh, where people are looking to tick things off bucket lists and people are looking for, you know, instead of those beach resort holidays and sitting on the beach for five days and drinking cocktails, they're, they're more inclined to actually go out and create memories and, and do something that challenges them. Um, and so I think, I think they're two very vibrant areas of the tourism industry. And with my background as a sports journalist, it just it seemed to fit very well for me. Um, in terms of America, going from East Coast to West Coast, and again, I say I've scratched, I've literally barely scratched the surface of America because it's so big. But even with the destinations I've gone to, New York, uh, Washington, Pennsylvania, it's been amazing, Georgia, Tennessee, California, every single place has had its own character when it comes to sport and adventure. It's had its own culture. Um, and it's just been a, a wonderful journey with so many, A, memories created and, and B, amazing stories to tell. So obviously you have a background as a sports journalist and I'd love to pick your brain um, on the American sports scene that you've kind of gotten to experience so far. You mentioned the other night you were supposed to go to a Red Bulls game uh, that all, that got canceled, um, but I believe you did go to a DC United game earlier in your, in your travels. Um, as a, a, a big soccer fan myself or football fan as some around the world might say, um, I'm an Orlando City fan here in the MLS, but I'm just curious to know um, what's kind of the perception of the MLS abroad and what was your perception after you actually got to experience a game? Because, you know, many people look at it as like a retirement league, um, but the the indication is it's sort of growing among world ranks. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on what was the, you know, the D.C. United experience like and, and what do you think soccer's uh, like here in the U.S.? Uh, good question. Yeah, um, and one one that um, it, it will be interesting to answer. I like the MLS um, and the DC United game specifically that I went to. I actually tracked down for that story, which is coming out next week. I tracked down um, one of the club's supporters groups, which was the Screaming Eagles, and I basically worked out where they had their what was formerly a tailgating party for them pre-match when when they used to play at the RFK Stadium in, in Washington. Uh, but of course, now they've moved in recent years to the Audi Field and there's not really any, any parking lots around Audi Field. So they've they've got this new sort of almost abandoned warehouse, which is used for various different events and they meet there before the game. And I just turned up and I explained who I was and what I was doing and they welcomed me with open arms, presented me with a Screaming Eagle shirt as well, which was an amazing experience. And they were just wonderful people. And this is what I've found across my journey across America is just how many wonderful people there are. I knew that anyway, but in terms of when you really dive into a country and meet you know people in all sorts of different locations, it's just, I've just been welcomed everywhere, which has been fantastic. Um, the, the atmosphere with DC United, now I was in the North Stand at Audi Field, um, which is a standing area. Um, of, of that ground. Now, as an English football supporter, standing is pretty rare because we haven't had standing since the 80s, really, or at least definitely the early 90s uh, in terms of safety measures. 
Um, although there is now talk of bringing some standing sections back to stadiums in, in uh, the UK. Um, but so that was quite novel for me for a start to be in a standing section of a, a football ground packed full of people. And the reason I went to the North Stand was because that's where the, the supporters groups um, basically base themselves for the game. And there's about three supporters groups within that stand. Now, it can get a little bit rowdy. So it depends what you want from a football game. If you're going with your family, then by all means, you know, it's not dangerous. It's just it's just it's just people very passionate about their team. Um, but there's obviously family areas to sit in, et cetera, et cetera. But on this particular trip that I went, um, I was I was amazed, actually. A lot of people will say, you're right, the MLS is a retirement league or it's not up to the standards of European football, et cetera. But it's certainly well on the way. Um, there's many things that need, need to happen, but it's a long road. You know, the English football has been going, you know, for over 150 years. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the MLS is, is pretty new. And of course, you're competing against some big, big, you know, culturally important American sporting uh, leagues, you know, basketball, baseball, obviously American football, obviously, you know, the other big sporting leagues that you have. So soccer here really just, just has to keep going. It's almost like doing a travel blog. Just keep going. And eventually you should see some results. Um, but the atmosphere was second to none. It was it was really good. To be honest, the atmosphere in the stand I was in at Audi Field was better than some Premier League games I'd been to. Wow. Um, thinking of some London clubs that, that um, genuinely are quite quiet. Um, and so that was a great thrill uh, to see that. And luckily, actually, it was a big game for DC United that I went to. It was, it, they were playing the Red Bulls, New York Red Bulls, which is their big derby, really, despite being different cities. But it was their biggest game of the season. And I was in that stand right on top of the goal where DC United scored. And it was actually the winning goal. And so the atmosphere created, and luckily I caught all of that on camera. So not obviously the action on the pitch because I don't have the rights to do that, but the 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 reaction in the in the crowd, um, and it was an amazing atmosphere. And I think if you're a football fan, soccer fan, football fan, then you absolutely must go to an MLS game. I've been to a few. I've been to a New York City one. Uh, obviously, I did the pre-match at the Red Bull game the other night um, before that was cancelled. But you you get some amazing atmospheres, and again. The people are wonderful. And what I found is, and you don't get this in many places I've been to before uh, around the world, but for a big derby, fans actually getting along before the game. When the game starts, fine. We're rivals. Um, but before the game, there's fans on opposite ends of the size, you know, opposite teams who are genuinely friends or if not friends, welcoming to each other. And I found that quite nice. I think in the post-pandemic world, as I talk about the values of the Sports Explorer, it's about those things that bring us together and the things we've missed uh, through A, a pandemic and B, a very uh, a number of years where politics has been quite divisive. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of anger around the world. And of course, I'm not going to be able to eradicate that. But I think cele celebrating the things that do bring us together, such as sports, and adventures where you meet great people and make friends on a hiking trail or whatever it may be are two things that we should celebrate. And I think from my side of things anyway, they're two things, uh, two great ways to tell the story of a destination. Absolutely. I would definitely agree with that. And I think you would agree that, you know, based on MLS's short history, right? Because soccer fever really has only been here for a short amount of time. Uh, based on that, it's pretty impressive where MLS is currently in the scheme of things. Um, but one sport in the United States that 
has has had a long history uh, is baseball. Baseball's been around for many, many, many more years uh, than soccer here in the in the United States. And you got to experience uh, some cool baseball games. I know you went to uh, Yankee Stadium and you watched a Pirates game from a river, right? Tell me about those experiences. Yeah, and uh, you won't know because I only filmed it a few days ago, but I was at an L.A. Dodger game as well, uh, Dodgers game, um, just a few days ago. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, as you say, it's America's pastime, isn't it, baseball? Um, it's it's such a passionately followed sport in America. Um, and it's, as you say, the comparison to soccer is they're almost worlds apart, but, in, but also not so much because there's still for soccer fans there's still that passion there it's just not maybe on the same scale i was talking to some i'll come back to your question but i was talking to some dc united fans and they were saying that the media and certainly washington and i guess this is is sort of the sports media soccer is so low on the agenda for them that you know it's baseball it's american football etc etc basketball and then soccer is just sort of you know slipped in at the bottom oh by the way dc united won tonight one little right let's move on you know fascinating to see and that's one of the things that needs to change if the mls wants to you know build and build and build it the media coverage for it the marketing for it etc just needs to grow and grow and grow um, because there's definitely passion there for it anyway baseball obviously established um i mean and this was a great story again with what the sports explorer tries to do is tell you how to go to these sporting events but also celebrate how that sporting franchise or club or team uh, or event is part of the culture of a city and you really you can't get much more than a sporting team that, that sums up a city quite like the Yankees um, and going to the Yankee Stadium I mean that is New York through and through isn't it going to the Yankee Stadium and it was so great to talk to people outside the stadium I even you know I was chatting to the New Yorkers and getting their tips. And this is one thing I didn't know, and this is what I love about the Sports Explorer, is, you know, New Yorkers are telling me, you know you can bring your own food into the stadium here. You don't have to pay $20 for a hot dog. You know you can bring water into the stadium. And these are the things that you just wouldn't know if you've never been to a Yankee, you know, Yankees game before. Um, it's almost like the beating heartbeat of New York City some, from a sporting perspective as well. Um, Pittsburgh, well, uh, Pittsburgh I absolutely loved. And, and I tell you what, Pittsburgh isn't particularly, I guess you would say, not on the tourist trail if you're, if you're visiting America from abroad. I don't know if it is within America, but it doesn't strike me as sort of, you know, one of those, you know, you, you, when you come to America, you, you think New York, L.A., D.C., Florida, etc. Right. And uh, Pittsburgh almost isn't in that list. But if you're a sports fan and an adventure fan, it absolutely should be on your list. Um, I mean, it was once called America's Sporting City, and you can see why. All you have to do is walk down the river, and you can see about four different professional sports stadiums right there on the riverbanks from the, you know, Heinz Field with the uh, Steelers uh, and, of course, PNC Park, the home of uh, the Pirates. Uh, and what a ballpark that is. It was incredible. And again, $20 to get in. It's so cheap to go and see, you know, hours and hours of baseball or, or pop in for an hour, whatever you want to do. Um, a wonderful location for a ballpark. You get in. And again, on the video I did for it, um, I did sort of two ways to watch the Pirates. One, as you say, kayaking uh, on the river outside PNC Park. And you can see the big screen. So you can almost watch the game 
whilst you're on the river, which is a great way to take in a sporting event. Uh, that sums up the Sports Explorer so well, adventure and sport combined. Uh, but also, if you want to go into the ballpark, it's it's twenty dollars. And you know, on the video, I go through this is where you want to sit to get the best views because the location of that ballpark, looking across into downtown Pittsburgh, is with all the bridges and the rivers right in front of you, is quite spectacular. Um, and again, a really, I've read articles saying it's by far the best ballpark in America, and I can see why because it was just such a wonderful place to be a, a wonderful location to watch sport um a wonderful a wonderful atmosphere i know pnc park isn't particularly um full to capacity these days just because of the clubs the team's performances but um a wonderful sporting venue to go to for sure and you've had a great you know major league experience uh seeing baseball games and uh you know mls game but you've also got to see a minor league game in a place that's a little bit off the beaten path uh, out of a big city center. And you went to Altoona. Um, tell me about that experience. And you actually got to combine adventure and sport there uh, when you rode a roller coaster and watched the game at the same time. Tell me about that. Yeah, <laughs> quite incredible, really. I've fallen in love with Altoona a little bit. Um, I'll tell you how this came about. And this is a great thing about traveling. I was on the Pennsylvanian train. Uh, from New York going to Pittsburgh. Uh, I'd never heard of Altoona before. And this is one of the nice surprising things along my journey, uh, which was unexpected. Um, And we were on this train, 10 hours or so, going to Pittsburgh. And after about six hours on the train, the train does this huge U-turn. It's And it's called the Horseshoe Curve. And it's pretty famous. It's, It's an engineering marvel in terms of railways. And it's built to decrease the incline through the Allegheny Mountains for the railroad. Um, and so it does this huge curve on itself. Um, and there was the train at that point was quite quiet, but there was a family a few seats behind me, and the dad was talking to his kids and saying, oh, this is the horseshoe curve. And I remember thinking, oh, well, I didn't realize what the horseshoe curve was, so I'll have a quick search of that, you know, on Google and, and read up about it. And it and I read, it was just a sort of line at the end of the article, that, that a baseball team in Altoona had named itself after this stretch of railway, Altoona Curve. And I thought, well, that's a brilliant story. Um, and for the rest of the train journey to Pittsburgh, I thought, I'm going to have to work out a way how you know to, to go to it. I'm going to have to get in touch with them and see if I can come down and do a story. Now, Pennsylvania has been amazing because... And again, I've barely scratched the surface, but A, Pittsburgh uh, was a great city for sport and adventure. Then an hour north of Pittsburgh, I found America's oldest golf club, which is still in continuous use, which was an amazing place to visit. And for any golf fan, you must go and play around there. It was only $9 for a round. Uh, and Foxburg, where it is, is a great little village. But then at Altoona, also in central Pennsylvania. And it's this wonderful, as you say, minor league baseball uh, team, uh, they get about 9,000, you know, for a game in this wonderful stadium, which has so many seating options from your typical tiered seating, but also picnic style benches on the field level. They've got a party deck, you know, that, you know, where the, where the kids can't come. They've got, you know, so many different areas where it's basically just the most wonderful family day out or a, a, an evening out with friends. And one of the things that you may not get at a big mega sporting events sometimes is that sense of community and that sense of belonging and that sense of really being part of something. 
Whereas at Altoona, you really did. It was, it was, you know, everyone chatting, strangers chatting with each other, making friends. And of course, on the other side of the fence to the ballpark is this roller coaster, the Skyliner, which used to be in New York, I understand, but then was moved to Altoona, I think in the 80s. Um, and that then creates a wonderful experience of watching baseball because it operates whilst the game is playing and therefore you can nip around the corner, get on the roller coaster as I did and uh, and take in the, the game. Um, and you get some amazing views of the... Uh, of the of the ballpark, well, you know, whilst you're doing loop the loops on this uh, on this roller coaster, so it's an exhilarating. I've called it America's most exhilarating seat to watch a sporting event. Yeah, and that's certainly a really unique experience. And um, yeah, I think sometimes smaller towns can can hold some real hidden gems. And I kind of want to shift gears here because yeah. I think big big cities can hold hidden gems too. And and your proof of this was when you went to Washington D.C. Um, of course, you got out and did everything, but you also highlighted Rock Creek Park. That was one of the places you visited. I don't think that's on many people's itineraries when they visit D.C. Everyone thinks monuments, museums, you know, uh, different historical sites. But Rock Creek Park seems like a really good place to include on your itinerary if someone's going to visit D.C. How did you find that gem? And, and do you think that should be included on other people's visits or, you know, things like that should be included on other people's visits? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's an, it's an amazing place. Um, it was actually the third ever established national park in the US, um, which is quite a quite a fact, I thought. Um, and yeah, you're right. You wouldn't know about it because, of course, I've been to Washington before. And yeah, you're right. Museums, monuments, let's tick all of those off the boxes. And incredible, they are. Um you know, let's go see the White House. Uh, let's walk around downtown. Let's go and see, you know, this building, that building. Um, but two things of Washington. A, it's actually a really thriving, vibrant sporting city with the sports teams they have. And the video of DC United will, will prove that point. But also for adventures, it's incredible. I think around the world, Washington DC has a reputation for being the home of US politics, which of course it is. But you wouldn't necessarily know what else is going on there and to discover that it is a thriving sports city passionate sports city um but also the most incredible adventures um and this is what i love discovering as you touched on was if you're flying into a city for a city break or a holiday like a lot of people flying to new york for a holiday then finding these places that you can get to within easy reach and do in a day i think a great little um insights to have um, and so like with the hiking upstate in New York, an hour out of Grand Central on the train, Washington's another one. It's a it's a bus journey from the downtown area to Silver Spring, which takes about half an hour. And that gets you to the top of Rock Creek Park. And then from there, if you want to do what I did, which was hike from top to bottom, seven miles. And it's just the most amazing. I mean, you're not in Washington, D.C. anymore. You are you're in city limits but you're not because you are basically you feel like you're in a middle of a forest and you know in the middle of the wilderness and you've got this wonderful rock creek this river running through the you know the middle of the park which you essentially follow there's some wonderful history there there's fort de russi uh which was a, a former civil war fort which helped protect washington dc in the civil war um there's some amazing rapids that you pass there's some great trails and actually 
even when you get to the busier areas of the park, it's actually quite a nice feeling because, um, you know, everyone's on their bike cycling or everyone's running or jogging or people are hiking. There's quite a nice community feel to it where everyone's sort of a part of an adventure. Um, and there's some wonderful areas to stop and take a break and have some lunch or whatever it may be. And then again, what I do in the video is, you know, when, when you get to the end, you know, um, you, you could either, you know, it's very easy to get back into downtown DC or just a 15 minute walk up the road. I don't, in the description of the video I did, I talk about it, but you know, you get, you get to, um, you, you get to the sort of suburbs of Washington where there's some great restaurants and places to, you know, relax after a big hike. And so, yeah, finding places like that, which you wouldn't necessarily know about, I think a, a wonderful, I did a, I, it's an obvious one, but in Los Angeles the other day, I did a, a guide to how to hike to the Hollywood sign because again, it's such an iconic thing that lots of people know you can do, but not many people know how to actually do it. Right. And where, where does this hike start? Can I do it? If I'm where I'm staying in LA, how do I get to the hike, you know, the trailhead? Um, how long will it take? Um, you know, where's, can I actually, get to the Hollywood sign and sit on the letters like they do in the films? The answer to that is no. But there are, you know, the video I've done is these are the three best viewing areas, official viewing areas of the Hollywood sign. So I think, again, it comes down to guiding people on how to do these things, but also uncovering uh, these things that are, if you are staying in these cities, are, are absolutely within easy reach. So, Tom, you've obviously seen a lot on this particular journey in the United States. Um, you've experienced a lot of sporting events. Um, you've gone on many adventures. Is there something in particular on this journey that you've been able to uncover as far as misconceptions that maybe people have of American people? Um, anything you just want to clarify or speak on further? Uh, well, the, the first thing I'll clarify is uh, hotels are not cheap in America at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was I planned to stay in 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 reasonably cheap motels along the way and keep my budgets down. But oh no, motels are no longer cheap. I can tell you that. I've struggled to uh, find find hotels for under a hundred dollars a night, and that is motels in the middle of nowhere as well. Um, so, but I think that's not so much an American uh, uh, issue. That is a worldwide issue with hotels, obviously trying to get some money back post-pandemic um so we do still live in a strange world we mustn't forget that it's going to take a while to get back to normal um so if you are traveling in these times it's you know amazing you know to to get out and to travel but it is hard work it's um at the moment with so many restrictions in place i'm hoping to get back to the uk uh next week uh i've been on the road now in the us for three months so i'm hoping uh, to get back to the UK and see some family for the first time in two two months, uh, sorry, two years even, um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, and uh, but again, that's that's difficult to do in terms of perceptions. I, I go back to what I said before. I have been welcomed so well uh, in every different area, location, destination, city I've been to, and I don't know if it's a perception or not, but I think. Put, put it like this you know if you're if you're an international traveler coming to america you may well have been watching on from afar with certain goings on you know in politics etc over the last few years etc etc and and you see these very um different points of view you see these very uh, uh you know opinionated views uh and you see 
you know, very dramatic different sides of the story and, and what have you from, you know, depending on what you believe and, and what you value, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it may be. But in actual fact, when you come here, everyone is so welcoming. I mean, I've from, from landing in New York all the way across to Los Angeles, um, what's been amazing, I said it, but touched on it before, but on adventures when you're hiking or kayaking, um, you talk to people because you say hello on the trails and I've got into some wonderful conversations with people, people who I've swapped detail, contact details with and hopefully will stay in touch with. Um, from a sporting perspective, again, it's sports a great vehicle to bring people together. And even I've been to some of the biggest rivalries like DC United and New York Red Bulls. And even the other night, the New York Red Bulls versus their city rivals or metropolitan area rivals, New York City FC. That was a derby that was cancelled the other night. But talking to those fans before the game, um, you know, so welcoming and, and, and friendly. And and that's been amazing. And I think the world just needs to know, not just in America, but the world I've found, wherever I've gone, human beings are welcoming. They are nice. And we want to look after each other. And we want to share experiences together. And I think that's something we've missed terribly. Not just not being able to travel, but having those experiences over the last few years with this pandemic. And that has been such a heartwarming, you know, um, uh, area to, to revisit and, and experience traveling across the US. It's been, I've met some wonderful people and, and, um, and they almost have created the experiences. I remember experiences where I may not have enjoyed the actual experience as much, you know, the adventure or whatever it may have been, but I look back on it and go, Actually, that was brilliant. And it comes down to the people. It comes down to how you feel about that, you know, thing you did. And that's because of the people. And that's been amazing. Certainly. And I do want to get to your, your YouTube channel as well. And for listeners out there, um, I, I can't recommend enough that you go and check out the Sports Explorer, which is Tom's YouTube channel. It's loaded with such great content, um, really thoughtful content and really well put together videos that truly do tell different stories and give you great tips and tricks uh, for traveling and experiencing uh, travel through adventure and sports. So Tom, in your own words, can you tell me a little bit more about your channel um, and, and why should someone go and subscribe? Sure. Uh, and thank you very much for the kind words as well, Stephen. Um, I always say with the Sports Explorer, it, it covers three topics. One, uh, guides to great sporting events. Um, so that you can follow my footsteps and go to those sporting events, um, having a bit of insight and knowledge about how to go about that. Two, guides to great adventures. Um, so, you know, again, giving you the insights and knowledge on how to go about doing those adventures for yourself. And of course, with both of those sporting adventures, showcasing to you, you know, those things you can do in terms of sport and adventure and different destinations. If you were familiar with what you could do um you know there was there was one i can't wait to publish it in a few weeks actually but i did a hike in georgia uh with the approach trails to the appalachian trail um which of course is the world's longest hiking route they say two thousand miles plus um i didn't obviously do the two thousand miles plus otherwise i don't i don't know i, I wouldn't be able to find a battery if, for my camera that would last long enough to uh, cover that <laughs> thousand miles plus but i did an amazing three-day hike around that area and the approach trails and i was in the forests on my own hiking and just before i set off i was warned 
there was many bears around <laughs> and I suddenly thought wow I've never I don't know what I'll do if I encounter a bear um, but indeed I was fine and of course all you have to do really is make a bit of noise and they'll stay away from you um, but that was an amazing adventure um, so yeah so you know and again that's a great example is I know about the Appalachian Trail I, I you know I think it's wonderful it's quite you know common in in you know if you love your adventures you're going to know of the Appalachian Trail and I knew there was an approach trail to it as well which you could do and of course I've watched the you know read the Bill Brighton book and watched the film and and, and all of that and the art the famous arch that you walk under um but to actually do it and to film a guide on this is how you do it because before I did it I wouldn't have known you know the best way of going about it you know where and how do I get to this area you know etc etc so so again that's just a, a great example of guiding people along these great adventures and then the third aspect really of it is um just telling good stories nice journalistic little stories of how uh, a sporting or adventure uh, piece you know creates the culture and heritage of a destination you mentioned Altoona you know that 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 really is a part of the culture of that town that team the roller coaster being there, the fact it's named after the nearby railway, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've not published it yet, actually, but I, I interviewed, um, I'm going to put it out just before the New York Marathon. Um, but at the very start of my journey, when I landed in New York, one of the first things I saw on the news here uh, was they were featuring a woman in her 90s uh, called Barbara. And she had been at the finish line of every New York Marathon and New York running a fent for the last 50 years wow. and just stood at the finish line and clapped people as they came across the finish line in a, in a way of support. She didn't much like running herself, but she wanted to do something. And so she just stood at the finish line and, and clapped. And I went, and funnily enough, that week I was in New York, there was a running event on in Central Park. And so I thought, I might go and see if I can find her. And I did. And we ended up having a really nice chat. And I haven't put it on my channel yet, but I'm going to put it as you know part of a little thing before the New York Marathon takes place uh, later on this year, because of course it's the first year back post you know post pandemic. And again, I, just little stories like that, getting to know a destination through its sporting and adventure culture and heritage, and that's a perfect little story. You know, um, like I said at the very start of our chat. You know, you can focus on a city through its food culture or, you know, tourist hotspots. But in actual fact, for me, what excites me is discovering that sporting and adventure culture and heritage. And so those little stories will will, will go onto the channel as well. So it's really a, a very broad, but at the same time, honing in on if you're a sports fan, live sports fan, if, you're, if, you, if you love an adventure, love getting on your feet and going for a hike or doing a little kayak, um, whatever it may be, a bike ride, um, you know, then this the Sports Explorer would, would work well for you. It would give you what you want to know. Yeah, and again, for listeners out there, definitely go subscribe to his channel. Um, just quality content and, and quality stories, as, as Tom mentioned. But uh, Tom, where else on social media can people follow uh, the Sports Explorer? Uh, well, yes. Uh, so obviously YouTube is the Sports Explorer. And then on Instagram, uh, it is I am the Sports Explorer. Um so that's the best place to find me on Instagram. Um, and the reason it might sound a little bit, um, I don't know, the I am the sports explorer, I don't know. The reason I've done that is, ultimately, I want to build a community. It's not 
like it's just me at the moment um, because it is just me. It's, it's an idea I've created and through my career background and experience it's something i've it's a way of telling you know i've my background has been telling the story of sports you know the the matches the games oh this team won two nil oh this player was sent off etc you know i've been telling the story of the actual game whereas what really does excite me is 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 that aspect of the experience the live the live sport experience i, I love that you know what what's iconic about this stadium why is this stadium so famous why do people love this stadium you know that that sort of thing um and so what i want to do is is long term is build a community and i want people almost to buy into that community i don't mean buy as in with money but but be passionate about it as i am and for someone to be on a hike and feel like they are also the sports explorer, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know that might seem a bit silly because it is a, such a new channel. So, like, it, it, I'm not at that level yet. But that's what I want to build it to: is build a community where we all feel like we are the sports explorers, and we're out there exploring the world through sport and adventure. That's the idea. And so, the Instagram is named "I Am the Sports Explorer" because, you know, when you, you know, in the the idea is, you know, you're out on an adventure, hiking or a sporting event and you are the sports explorer, you put a picture up, you tag it with I am the sports explorer, therefore you'll say, I am the sports explorer. We're all part of this community. Um, so that's the best place to find me on Instagram. Facebook, it's the sports explorer. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're the main channels. Now, it's also the sportsexplorer.com is the website. Um, at the moment, uh, all everything on there is from the Middle East, where I am based in Dubai, um, where I started uh, the channel. Um, and... Um, uh, over the next few weeks, the American uh, series will start to be populated onto that website as well. Um, but really, the main call to action, if you like, is subscribe on YouTube and follow on Instagram and be part of the Sports Explorer community. I love it. So, Tom, there's one more question uh, I'd like to ask before we call it an interview. And I ask this to many of my guests who come on the show. So this particular podcast, Destinations Beyond Expectations, you know, we say that this is the podcast designed for students of travel. And so I want to ask you, would you consider yourself to be a student of travel, someone who's constantly learning about the world of travel? And um, if so, can you maybe share a lesson that you've learned along the way? Uh, yeah, I, think, I mean, I think we're always students, really. Every experience is a new experience, isn't it, in many ways? So um so therefore you're constantly learning which is the exciting thing about travel um uh, constantly meeting new people constantly experiencing new sporting events adventures from my side so it's always a learning curve i went to the la dodgers game the other night and uh, which will be a video coming up on the channel um and even just being there for the night you know learned so much you can read about the la dodgers or whatever it may be you want to read about but actually being there and talking to fans and talking to people that work there and etc you learn so much more um much quicker and so i think you know that's that's what you have to do you have to get out there and speak to people um secondly what i've learned okay i'll give you a nice little anecdote um uh what i've learned on my travels across america i won't name the name uh but i would say do not travel on a certain famous heritage American coach uh, uh, company. <laughs> and the reason I'm saying that is um, I had booked a ticket on this Pacific coach uh, 
company um, from uh, a city to another city. And I found myself in a very, very dangerous situation because this, the bus station, uh, the coach station in this particular city was not in a very safe area. And it turns out a lot of these bus stations are not in particularly safe areas. Uh, and I was very lucky because I was in a in a lift, uh, which I think lift is only in America, isn't it? The, the ride sharing um, company. Yeah. Uh, Uber for any listeners around the world, um, you know, similar concept. Uh, and I was very lucky in the fact that my driver, uh, she had traveled very well herself and, and um, we got talking and we're getting on well, chatting away in the car and she warned me. And now about this bus station. Now, if she hadn't have warned me, I probably would have just got out of the car thinking, oh, this looks a bit uncomfortable um, and, um, and and cracked on. Uh, however, because she had warned me and warned me again when we got there, I hesitated when I opened the door. And I'm glad I did because um, it wasn't, a, I won't go into details, but it was not a particularly nice situation to see. Um, and the very next day, there was a press conference with the police and there had been some quite horrible crimes taking place around that bus station. Um, and so I would say, you know, when you are booking travel arrangements, really do your research and really make sure to the point where you're zooming in on Google Maps to see if that, you know, whatever it is, airport, bus station, train station, what's around it. Um, uh, this particular bus station, there was a prison next door to it, which I didn't know. Um, so that was a lucky escape for me. And I was very lucky to have met the person I met who, who warned me. And um, and we've become good friends, actually. Um, stayed in touch. And uh, yeah, so so that was that was a lucky escape for me. But that, that's one thing I always say on your travels. Look, it's wonderful to be traveling again, if you can. It's, you know, obviously, there's still many restrictions in place. It's complicated. It's expensive in many ways. Um, because the world is just all a bit, still a bit, you know, messed up, you know, as we work our way out of this pandemic. But um, that's a good lesson is to always just properly dive into, to um, certain areas. And it comes with hotels as well. Really dive into that area. Where is that hotel? What's around it? And just be sure that everything is okay. Because I very nearly... <laughs> <laughs> got myself into a bit of trouble <laughs> yeah no that's great advice because traveling is important for all of us but you know tra traveling safely is paramount so that's that's certainly yeah. uh, great advice well tom thank yeah. you so much for for joining me on the podcast today i really appreciate you sharing your story and 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 uh talking about your american journey so thank you so much Thanks so much, Stephen. It's been a, a pleasure to be in your home country. I've loved it. And I will be back. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, obviously, the world's a big place. So we'll, we'll, we'll continue with our stories uh, uh, in other parts of the world um, after the American series. But there's so much to do. So I, I will be back soon. And uh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Well, that about does it for this week. A huge DBE thank you to Tom Bushel, a.k.a. The Sports Explorer. Make sure to visit his YouTube page, The Sports Explorer, and follow Tom on Instagram at IamTheSportsExplorer. Links to both of those are available in the show notes. Looking for ways to support the DBE podcast? Here's three quick ideas. You can check out GroupExperience.com, which is the official home of the podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram at Destinations Beyond Expectations. 
And a third way to support is by rating and reviewing Destinations Beyond Expectations on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Well, that's about all I've got for this week. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.